Welcome to another Axe Church podcast. Glad you're here with us today. My name is Hunter Croft, and I'm on staff here at Axe Church. And today we have two other staff members, David Robinson and Kristen Wire, who are going to be talking today. Today they are talking about the movie A Quiet Place, as well as movies in general. So this is Pastor David here with Kristen Wire. Hello. We are going to talk in general about film. We're going to talk about uh, maybe a little television entertainment in general of this type. And we're going to specifically talk about a movie that both Kristen and I saw uh, recently at different times. Uh, I saw it with my children who are both teenagers. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend taking too young of a child to the movie. Um, although I think Kristen did okay. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's called a quiet place and it's, uh, directed by John Krasinski, who you may know from the show, the office, Jim Halpert, that was his name in the show. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> and Emily Bloom, is that how you say her name? Or it's Blunt. I don't remember. Emily Blunt. Sorry, Emily. Uh, Shout out to Emily Blunt. I know you're listening. Apologize for getting your name (laughs) wrong. She does a fantastic job in the movie. Um, Really, really powerful uh, depiction of that character. And so we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to talk in general about film and and things like that and, and just having the mind of Christ toward film, uh, having the mind of Christ towards the entertainment that we take in. And so I'm going to start, Chris, by asking you a few questions. Um, you are being graded. Oh, good. So, uh, you know, let me let me tell you a little bit about the way that I've um, ingested film and media over my life. So when I was young, we were uh, very limited. So I grew up in a, a very conservative Christian home. It was a great home. Um, just in case my parents are listening. Uh, so no, I, it was, and, and, uh, but we were, there was kind of this, I would say overreaction in, in the early eighties, maybe mid eighties, maybe even through the early nineties where everything was bad. So there was, you know, there were these groups out there, these sort of Christian groups and like all the cartoons, there was something bad about. And so there was so many things that I was not allowed to, I wasn't allowed to watch the Smurfs for instance, because, you know, Gargamel, and, and to be fair, like, this is what would always happen. We're watching some cartoon, and the very worst thing that could ever happen in the world happens when my mom walks into the room and is watching this. So I think at some point, Gargamel, you know, he's like the bad guy in the Smurfs, and he's like, I think he's like literally standing in like a pentagram with like candles around doing some sort of spell against the Smurfs, which is bad. I mean, it's really bad uh, stuff. Yikes. But of course, that's when my mom's going to walk in and be right. like, what the, you know, what are you watching? And, you know, my goodness. And, and you know, there, there was this whole thing about, oh, the Smurfs are really like, they're like dead people because they're blue. And I don't remember what I've all the stuff was. Yeah, oh, it was. Well, you weren't alive at the time. It was, it was a time of somewhat overreaction. I didn't, I couldn't watch He-Man, which was a big cartoon at the time, Voltron, Thundercats, you probably don't know these names, but these were all very big time cartoons when I was a kid. I don't think I watched G.I. Joe. You know, there was always something, right? There was always definitely not MTV when that came out in 84, I think, was bad news. Wasn't allowed to watch that. And so movies generally need to be rated G, PG was whatever. And then at some point, the standards relaxed, okay? Now, first, before I move on to the relaxed standards that came a little later in the 80s for me, um, what was it like for you growing up? Were your parents... uh, 
overly protective of your viewing habits or? So I think my sisters got a harder end of that bargain with my parents um, when they were growing up. Well, tell us about how far apart you are. In oh, okay. So my sisters um, are 10 and a half years older than I am. So like pretty big, pretty big age gap. Uh -huh. And so they joke all the time that I got a completely different mom and I'm the littlest of the family. So of course I get everything handed to me and everything I want, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you love hearing um, that. Yeah, it's great. Um, and so they weren't allowed to watch like Simpsons or MTV or anything like that either. But by the time that I rolled around, they were pr practically teenagers when I was, you know, growing up watching TV. So they would watch shows like Ren and Stimpy and The Simpsons anyway, even though they probably weren't allowed to watch it. And so I would see it. I don't think my mom knew necessarily that right, I was right. watching those things. I don't think she had wanted me to, but it happened. Right. And then um, as my mom kind of fell out of the church for a little while, she didn't really care what I watched. She didn't literally fall out like not that like passage fall. in Acts that we just read. When <laughs> no, fell not out like that. Okay. Not like that. When she got out of the habit of going. <laughs> she, just, she didn't know what was church. going on. She hit her head pretty hard when she fell out and of the just, church. Yeah. Um, and so it was more relaxed than I guess my sisters got. But I, I guess that's around the same time that you were just talking about. Because I think my sister was born in 80-something, 7? I don't remember. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um and so I got I got the better end of the deal with that. And so really the only thing is I can particularly not allow, uh, remember not allowed being to watch um, were like Harry Potter, um, bed knobs and broomsticks, anything with like witchcraft in it. Right. Um, or like demonic stuff. Um, but that was pretty typical in the South in the Bible Belt. Uh -huh. um, I actually didn't even watch or think about Harry Potter until my mom got remarried to John, who's like this huge sci-fi person, and he really wanted to bond with me. So I tried to read the books, but I didn't like them. And so I just never got into that anyways. But those are really the only things I can think of that I was not really allowed to watch. But then she kind of got over it later, like I said. Hmm. She didn't really care. Yeah, those are way more recent to me. Uh, you know, Harry Potter came out when I was an adult already, and so my parents couldn't tell me what to do. Uh, and I think I watched the first two movies and... <laughs> Wasn't that interested? Yeah. Um, no offense, people. Don't don't I know. email me. I, people okay? like I get like so much hatred when I say that I'm not into Harry Potter, and I just it I is, don't get it. There's I, a I pretty just... a pretty serious fan base out there for Harry Potter, and you know, and there are people on both sides, you know, believers on both sides of this. Some who would say, look, it's and I and I get the arguments. Look, there's there's a it's literally the school of witchcraft and wizardry, mm -hmm. right? And so I get it. Like, yes, I understand it's pretend and whatever, but so is pornography. Yeah. Um, at some level, so <laughs> you know, I, that by itself as an argument is not convincing to me. Oh, it's just pretend. Now there are other arguments that may be better, and don't get don't get your. Uh, self worked up about this if you're a huge Harry Potter person, but I see both sides of that argument. Yeah. I see the I see the people who would say, "Listen," or or then somebody will say, "Well, you shouldn't watch Harry Potter because witchcraft." And somebody else will say, "Well, what about Lord of the Rings, which is definitely a Christian, um, yeah, you know, written by a Christian?" But there's definitely sorcery and so mm -hmm. on. And, and usually, to me, so when, we're, when we're, the way I think about things, or one of the ways I've been trained to think about things, like within the law, is you'll have this case, right? And it'll be like, okay, in this case, Kristen got arrested for stealing candy. Typical. Um, and, right. Um, <laughs> you know you never got caught. So uh, she got arrested for stealing candy, and here were the facts. Now, in this other case, you know, Hunter got arrested for stealing candy, and here are the facts. Now, I've got to be able to either say that they're the same or to distinguish those two cases from each other, what the different facts were. And so... So when it comes to, say, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, it's pretty easy for me to distinguish a world like Middle Earth that isn't our world mm -hmm. 
that exists with a completely different set of everything. In fact, there's an entire creation account. Now you see which one I'm a nerd about. But yeah, see, I didn't get into Lord of the Rings either, so well, all this is right over there, my head. There's a there's I'm a tracking. there's another book called The Silmarillion. It's got a nope. it's kind of dense, a lot of different stuff going on. But there's an entire creation account. It's talking about God, who He is, and it's very it's very it's different. It's taking place in a different universe, mm-hmm. as where Harry Potter is taking place in London, right, right? Right. And so the witchcraft that they're using in Harry Potter is definitely just really real witchcraft. Yeah. It's not it's not a different universe with a different set of rules and a different whatever it's just witchcraft and so i get it i get those who say that you know um one way or the other again don't email me about it because i'm not going to get in an argument with you about harry potter good or bad (laughs) i don't care about harry potter um and and so whatever but i do see it right so i see these these people who and everybody takes their stand it's one of the things i want to talk about before we actually get into the to the movie that we're going to talk about today is sort of where where do you take your stand? Where and, and part of this is is biblical, which is to say there's some standards that are for everybody all the time. And then part of this is what has the Lord called you to in terms of what's good and not good for you to be intaken? And I think that that second one is probably harder than the first one mm-hmm. because it requires you to actually be willing to submit that to the Lord mm-hmm. and say, okay, Lord, um, it may be neutral. It may be okay for me to watch, you know, let's just say that that entertainment is on a spectrum. Way over on the left side, we'd have what we call in the law, obscenity, okay? Those things which are simply not entertainment. They're done for the purpose of of what they would call prurient interests, okay? Just, it's negative, it's bad, it's things like horrific, nonsensical violence, pornography, you know, things like that. That's on one side. On the other side of the spectrum is something that is is 100% redeemable, right? Like scripture, Okay, um, reading reading a Bible story to your child about Jesus. That's one side. The other side is this, uh, you know, this thing over here. In this is fiction, nonfiction, all kinds of different stuff that we use uh, that we entertain ourselves with because we entertain ourselves with both, right? Um, and then, so the question is, where on that spectrum, if you just see this a big line, where has the Lord asked you to to draw a line, and where is a line that ever that's for everybody? Okay, certainly. Pornography, um, and I and I use that term not just to talk about sexual, um, sexually explicit material, but but anything that would be obscene. Okay, mm-hmm. so it could just be violence. It could be anything that is done uh, for the sake of darkness. Mm-hmm. That's that's clearly. I got no problem. I can give you scripture after scripture after scripture, starting with Philippians four eight. You know, whatever is good, whatever mm. is pure, whatever is lovely. If there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, this this type of stuff, right? Those are the things we have to be thinking about. Uh, you know, we hear in scripture. Look, there are things that people do that you shouldn't even talk about, let alone go and watch as entertainment. So. There is a there's a lot to think about in terms of just where the the hard line is, um, and then there's a lot to think about in terms of okay so so the hard line is here and I'm and I'm not going to make that line today. We may I think that we should be talking more. We should have more of these uh, and bring in maybe maybe bring in uh, some other folks as well um, to talk through the mind of Christ in art, particularly this kind of art, uh, mm. movies, TV, plays, things like that. Uh, and we can, and maybe we can come close to where a couple of those lines are. Right now, again, I want to stay thirty thousand foot. There is a line. I think that the line is relatively clear. There are certain things that even believers will watch or or take in and talk about as if it was just nothing. That to myself, I think there's not anything redeeming about that. 
And then there are some things that people, that people watch or, or, or participate in that go, there are some things that are redeeming about that, but on balance, there are some things in that that are so not redeeming that it's not worth, not worth taking in. Okay. And then there's all this stuff like, so where does the Lord ask you to draw the line? So I'll talk about for me personally where I do that, but I want to, I want to finish sort of the, my life in entertainment first. So that was how it was when I was a kid. So of course, because I was such a wonderful, um, sinless um, child. I'm being sarcastic <laughs> if you can't uh, see me right now. When I was a little bit older and the standards were more relaxed and no one was really paying attention, of course, I watched whatever yeah. I wanted. Um, every I had friends that worked at the movie theater, so I'd go see any movie I wanted for free. Uh, and so I would go watch movies. I love movies. So I'd go watch every movie that came out, basically. Uh, good, bad, and indifferent. Uh, and a lot of them are just bad. Uh, and I don't yeah. mean morally. I mean, they just are they're just, they're just terrible. Movies, yeah. <laughs> they're just bad movies. <laughs> um, and so, but I would watch just everything, right? I would, I would take in everything. And this, I was this way until probably my early 20s. I'd watch any movie that came out. I didn't care what the content was in terms of moral, whatever. I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time um, in any way that could be, that somebody could look from the outside and say, oh yes, this is a Christ follower. Not at all. And so I would take in everything. And then at a certain point, uh, the Lord sort of got a hold of me and sort of gave me that line that's for me, mm -hmm. right? That I don't put on everybody else, but that line that's for me. And I'll talk about what that is, but I want to ask you to sort of go through. Is that something that you're still working through? Is that something that you've seen yourself work through? Talk about um, some of the things that maybe you used to watch or you used to intake that maybe you don't and maybe why. Yeah. So it's definitely something I'm still working through and finding what my line is and why. And um, it's just something that the Lord has to like kind of reveal to me before I'll, I, before I will address it or else I'm just kind of oblivious about it. Um, but something that was more recent was I used to love, and I'm talking about like guilty pleasure, love the Real Housewives shows on Bravo. So just like trashy reality TV where women are like fighting and complaining about each other. And they're just straight up mean and materialistic and just awful. Um, Youth group? Is that? What oh, we're, yeah. Oh, no, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, <laughs> but like they, they really do. They all act like teenagers. And it used to just be yeah. so entertaining to me and ridiculous to me that all of these women with so much money would just sit there and start drama, albeit some of it's probably just for the camera. Um, but that is definitely something that is just less appealing to me now and something that I don't really... What um, do you think was appealing about it? I mean, obviously, I, I'm kidding about youth group. Hopefully our youth group isn't that way, but they're... High school, right? Yeah. This is kind of the, the cliche, except worse, right? right I mean, right. like even worse than high school is. So what was it that about watching, did it make you feel better about yourself? Um, a little bit. And it just like, I don't know. I think it was, it made me feel better about myself. I didn't have that kind of drama going on. And I'm just the kind of person that's, I, I'm, I don't do drama well. So I would laugh at other people's drama. Even when I was in high school and my friends would get into like crazy stuff, I would just laugh because it's just ridiculous to me. Um, and so it really was entertaining to me that these women would get so worked up over the stupidest things, flipping tables over, like just angry. And that's just <laughs> hilarious to me. Like there's no reason why you should get this worked up because you got cut out of somebody's magazine or whatever photo shoot. It's just, it's just ridiculous stuff. And it's kind of like, they're so 
I guess, like, upper 1% and they have so much money that these fights are about things that, like, I can't even, like, visualize myself, like, seeing or having. Like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm a fashion designer and my husband does this, this, and this. And, like, just things that I don't think I will ever personally experience. So it's kind of, like, fun to watch someone else. Um, But with that, it would a lot a lot of the time in high school for me and even into early college, it would project standards that I just can't live up to, whether that's like Mm. physically or just the way I should be towards other women. Um, Just not good things for me to be taking in and putting on myself. Um, And so the past few years, I've just really had kind of like a And it has to be God because I don't know what else it is, just kind of like a disgust towards it. Like, oh, I don't really feel like I should be watching that. Like, I don't want to watch that. I don't don't want to open my heart to that. I don't want to act that way towards people. Like, yes, it's ridiculous, but um, at some level it was getting to me because here I was comparing myself to all of these thin, rich ladies, you know, and who were married to guys with money and whatever. And so I think it was just – it projected a standard on myself that I didn't need to put on myself, and it was just – like you said, there's nothing really redeemable in it. Like there, there may be right. some, but you were joking about how like violence and pornography is on that end. And I would say that the housewife shows are not too far off from that spectrum because there's really just, there's not a lot of redeemable qualities in it. And, um, so that's one example. Humor, that's, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Um, so that's one example for me. It's more television. I'm not as much of a movie type. Um, I watch a lot of more TV than I did, but one kind of movie that sticks out to me that I used to really like <clears throat> in high school um, was uh, the Seth Rogen and um, James Franco movies, like the really stupid ones that were just really inappropriate and really dumb, and there's nothing really redeemable in them about ridiculous things. And now new ones come out, and I'm like, that just looks like a bad movie. Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't look funny, doesn't look desirable to me. I'll pass. I'm not going to spend money on it, you know? Yeah, I I think that, and, you know, again, we run the risk of... You know, as we talk through this of, of a certain of people getting their feelings hurt or something like that about things that they like or that they do think are redeemable. And I, and I want to I be careful. Some of what we're talking about is, I think, something that everyone should think about. Some of what we're talking about may be just our own opinion. Right, if, you, sure. if you're listening, you have a question. Now, is that just your opinion or are you saying that that's what scripture says? Hey, uh, email me. Uh, we'll we'll talk through it. Don't don't email just to complain. But if you if you're like oh, I don't know, I'm really struggling with this. You know, email me. Let's talk through it. But I agree with you about. And I've never seen those movies, but I've watched their equivalents, which were coming right. out when I was a kid, right? right? Um, and yeah, I watched all of that stuff. And the only thing that was redeemable was it was funny, right? right? But the kind of humor and what you had to, what you had to intake with it, right? So, if I eat a fish and spit out the bones, have you, do you eat fish much? I don't know if you eat fish Not much. I don't eat a lot of fish. It. Generally speaking, I like it fried with yeah, no bones, same. In it, right? Okay. And lots of tartar sauce. <laughs> yes. But I've eaten fish that you have to eat and you got to spit out the bones, right? Or eat, eat, eat some certain kinds of meat that you eat and you have to spit out the bones. And some people are just grossed out by that. Right? Like yeah. My daughter uh, is a vegan; she doesn't like eating meat at all, um, or she chooses not to eat it. But in any case, um, shout out to Corey. <laughs> but you you uh, you have to look at a fish and say how much meat and how much bones because if it's right. if it's ninety percent bones and I'm only getting ten percent meat at some point it's not worth it you know they're like it's like eating if you ever eaten crab and I'm maybe losing more and more people mm, I don't like crab. crab but if you eat a very small crab where it all it's all cracking and whatever and it's no meat at some point you say this isn't worth right. it and so right. I think that there that's I agree with you that side of the spectrum is. The, the more shell or the more bones and the less meat. 
And there's a side over here where you might have to spit out a bone or two. Right. But but there's so much meat mm-hmm. there, um, and in fact, the movie we're going to talk about today, I think, is is like that. Um, uh, you know, a quiet place. I, I think has is very very few bones, a lot of meat. Um, there are a few things that I think some people would not like about it, but we'll get to that. And let me just press it, preface with the things that I said. I don't think that these shows are awful. I don't think that if you watch these shows, that they're awful. Um, for me, it was more of like a heart change and it was like a desire change, um, that God really, scripture talks about, like when you do really start, um, giving your life over to the Lord and walking with Christ, like earthly desires, you know, he'll change those and he'll redeem those into something else. And so I, I really do think that it's, I don't think that these people are awful, whether they do it for money, whatever, it's no judgment on that. I just really do feel like God has changed my heart and put a desire in my heart to have the more meaty things and the less bony things and the more fulfilling and nourishing things, you know? And so that's just my thing. No judgment. if They're entertaining. I I get it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, if you know, Kristen, you know that, that her intention isn't isn't to condemn anybody, <laughs> nor is mine, um, although I'm much worse about it than she is. Um, well, here's what I'll say. There are some things that are just awful. And, and, I, and I would say this, you probably know what yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, you know, you probably know that they are, as you said, guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. In other words, I probably shouldn't watch this. I probably shouldn't spend my time right. on this. There's my Bible over there getting quite dusty, but I'm yeah. going to watch four more episodes, which is another exactly. thing about the way we intake entertainment oh, now. Yeah. When I was young, this is how it worked. You like a show? Great. Once a week, that show is going to come on. Right. It's going to have eight minutes of commercials or whatever per half hour, however they did it. Yeah, about eight minutes per half hour because I think shows are about 22 minutes, 21 minutes, 22 minutes long. And you had to wait till next Wednesday or Sunday night or whatever. Thursday night was the big TV night. Mm-hmm. That's Seinfeld. Those are the big shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday is usually not as good. And then TGI Friday when I was growing up, which was like <laughs> Full House. Yes. Um, which they have started making again for some it's, unknown reason. It's not good. Have not watched it. It's um, not good. No, no offense, uh, Candace Cameron and uh, what's the guy? Bob Saget? Is he yeah. still on it? Yeah, okay. he's still on it. Um, What's the guy with the, who's the cool John guy? Stamos. Stamos. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Shout out to Come John on. Stamos. Um, uh, but back in the day, that was great. And, and there were step by step, step. Uh, um, family matters, <laughs> you know, these were great shows. That was Friday night. I used to love it. I actually used to watch the old Zorro black and white shows. And, and there was a couple others, one called Swamp Fox, one called Andy Burnett. Some people who are much older are going to remember those um, shows. I used to watch those. It was on the Disney Channel back in the day when the Disney Channel was like HBO. You paid for it separately. Hey. Yeah, the Disney Channel was a special add-on, and we had it, um, even as a, in a pastor's home, because it had a lot of great stuff. The old Mickey Mouse Club, the Netflix, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I have enjoyed that, but that's the way we used to intake it. Now... I can watch a television show and I can watch the whole thing mm-hmm. all at once, mm-hmm. one episode after, which is terrible for, uh, you know, regular sleep patterns um, because you're just going to be like, I want to watch that next show. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like there's so much entertainment out there. Now, I'll be honest, very little of it am I willing to watch. And I'll talk right. about why that is in a second, my own personal standard for stuff. But, but there's so much out there. You can intake it so quickly. And it's so easy to escape in it and avoid mm-hmm. whatever else is going on, whether that's mental health issues or emotional problems or marital problems or like just whatever. It's so easy to just get absorbed into whatever show you're watching and just zone out. That is a great point. And, and that is to say that entertainment can be addictive. Mm-hmm. It can be like a drug. Uh, it can have an effect on you that is, um, that is almost uh, medicinal. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which is to say, you're going to it to avoid problems, yep. you're going to it to escape. And, and, and let me be clear about something. Some things are medicinal and that's good. Yes. Some medicine is good. In other words, I think it's, I think losing yourself in a great book or a great show or whatever, if it's all good, I think it's all good. I think God, I think story mm -hmm. is a huge part of who we are as human beings, uh, you know, taking in, I say human beings, human beings, <laughs> as, as we take in, um, story, we understand more about who we are. We, we, I mean, Jesus would literally teach in story and mm -hmm. parables. We connect to story. In fact, story, and this is one of the things we're going to talk about with the movie today. Again, I'm going to tease that part of the podcast we'll get to in a little while, is that through story, we actually see the stories that connect to us the most are the ones that actually um, are a shadow of the real story, the ultimate story, the story yeah. of, of the death and resurrection of Christ, the story of, of the darkness coming and the light coming to defeat it. This, mm -hmm. you know, th these classic themes. Um, for thousands of years, there have been stories just in nature. We see the dying and rising of every year through the seasons, mm -hmm. right? Um, the seed that goes into the ground that dies, that then comes out and is a plant as the spring comes and the summer comes in. And all these themes and all these things, we see eventually the real thing in Jesus Christ. He's, yeah. He was really real. He really died. He really rose again. And we see story coming to its fruition. And so when we watch story, um, whatever that is, it's normally going to have those themes in it. In fact, these are standard, uh, standard uh, building blocks to story is a sort of, you know, you have your fall, you know, creation, mm -hmm. fall, redemption, restoration. And so that is the big story. That is how these stories work. So all that's good. To lose yourself in a great story is okay. Yeah. But with everything, there's moderation, everything. right? Mm -hmm. and, exactly. and Netflix is not necessarily built to help you be moderate. It's sort <laughs> of built to you open it up and there's 80,000 shows that you can watch and every one of them has 10 seasons and you can... Yeah, it can just be a lot, right? Yeah. And then there's the whole Netflix cheating thing where, you know, I'm watching a show what? with my wife. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah. This so, is real. Oh, absolutely real. So uh, you can, you're watching a show, right? And Tiffany and I, we're like, let's, let's watch this show. So there's a new show called Lost in Space. It's a remake of an old show. I've seen one episode of it, I think. Maybe we watched, no, I think we just watched one episode. Well, Tiffany has to go to bed earlier than I do because she has to get up earlier than right. I do. And so we watch the episode and she's going to bed and I'm thinking... There's another one right there. I, I don't have to wait until next week. I can watch the next one. And it's like, no, you know, right. this is this is a Netflix cheating situation. Yes. If yes. you watch this show without me, that's not cool. Yes. So, of course, I did not watch it. We'll watch it together later. Um, but I'm going to have to go slower with her right. because I could have another hour. She doesn't in the evening when we're if we were going to watch a show. So that's a real thing, too. That and is, and the, whole, thing. the whole thing with Netflix cheating is there's so much of it there. It's so available. Which means that, and it's and a lot of it's very very entertaining. So that so here's the here's the takeaway: we're to take our thoughts captives as as believers and as Christ followers. We're to really really take care about what enters our minds, mm -hmm. uh, because our minds are extremely important. They're yes. the thing we use, you know, to to intake, uh, to to analyze. Uh, it's how we, we read scripture and understand it, you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with our minds, you know, it's, it's part of soul, mind, will, and emotion. And so it's extremely important that we, that we take care mm -hmm. of our minds, just like we take, need to take care of our bodies, you know, that we need to sow to the spirit in our minds. So if we're constantly putting things into our mind that of course are on the 
bad side of the spectrum, then we're, we're getting a lot of negative stuff, a lot of negative ideas, a lot right. of negative images yeah. that are hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're taking in neutral stuff and we're just taking in too much of it, so that we're not able to um, do the other things that we need to do, like keep up on um, our time with the Lord, mm-hmm. our time with our kids, mm-hmm. our time with our friends, our time, uh, you know, uh, giving to, to others in the church, our time, you know, I, you know keep going. Bible reading, studying, the things that, that a believer um, who has the mind of Christ ought to do mm-hmm. because... Because there's 10 seasons of Psych that I can watch, right? Um, Shout out to the Vanderplugs who really like Psych. That's right. Um, You know, if if that's what we're doing, and and they don't watch too much of it, just to be clear. No, they Um, don't. uh, but, But we could do it because there it is, right? Okay. All that to say, there's the content. And then there's the amount, mm-hmm. right? Two um, very important factors. Yes, very important factors. So, so to finish out my story, when I, uh, in my early 20s, the Lord just brought it hard home to me that I was to essentially make a covenant with my eyes uh, about what I was going to intake. And so from that time forward, you know, I have been, not because I think every single show that, that does this is bad, I don't think that, but I generally will not watch anything that has anything sexually explicit in it at all, um, generally speaking. And, and, and I take it a lot further than I think most believers would, and that's, and that's fine. It's where I feel called by the Lord right. to, to, to be. And so most now, nowadays, there's very little yeah. that, that I can watch. I was going to say that rules out a lot of stuff. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, 80, 90 yeah. percent of what comes out. I would not watch. And I don't think it's because it's all pure evil. By the way, just just to be clear, I think there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of shows that have lots of meat, but a couple of those bones are ones that I'm just unwilling to yeah. choke on. Yeah. Um, and so I will not watch that. As far as violence, um, it depends mm-hmm. on on. You know how redeeming it is, probably. Um, as far as the things that people mostly get worked up about, sex, violence, and cussing. Right. Yep. As far as language, I'm not as sensitive to that as some people are, and, and which is to say, I don't really freak out about you know people using bad language. But having said that, if a movie's got 354 f bombs in it, you right. can bet I'm probably not watching right. it. I just don't need to hear that all day. Right. I mean, I already. Here at the office of the church, just constantly not just kidding. I don't don't hear people like, oh my gosh, what church is this? No, I don't hear it constantly, but but that's good because I don't, again, um, while language is language, and I'm not going to get into all that, and I don't, one of these days we can have a conversation about bad language, good language, whatever. Nevertheless, I don't need to hear 354 F-bombs in an hour and a half movie. If that's going on, there's probably a number of other things that are going on that would already take that, that movie or that show out for me. Uh, but what I've noticed, if you go to Netflix and you can feel free to try this experiment for yourself and go to like the television shows, mm-hmm. they will be um, a huge percentage of them, especially the newer they are, will be TVMA, meaning that mm-hmm. it's got something, yeah. either really bad violence, re- a lot of, of uh, bad language or seriously sexual stuff going on. And it's like what's what's surprising to me, of course, there's there's uh, material that almost demands that uh, the passion of the Christ. Yeah. It's violence, yeah, it's right? Violent. If you want to, if you truly want to show what's happening, there's a certain amount of violence. So I get it. 
But the idea that 80, 90 percent of what's coming out necessitates, uh, you know, the the level of violence and and uh, and language and so on, sexual content that they're using. I just don't think so. I think that it's more they're feeding a culture that's asking for this or option B is they're creating a culture culture mm. that's intaking this one oh, way or the sure. other that's what's going well. on yeah, yeah I think so I think that there's a I mean it's look at the end of the day let's be honest this is a commercial enterprise this mm-hmm. is about making money uh, for a lot of people and even for those who it's about art they may have different ideas about what art is than than I do now we've thrown a lot out there I'm gonna let you um, take the last part of this section which is to say um, you know you've already talked a little bit about what is happening and I agree with you it's about the Lord changing your desires. Yeah. Um, first, I will say, having now been for 20 years somebody who uh, will only intake a relatively small percentage of the, the content that's out there, I can tell you that I have not died. Um, <laughs> I have not. I have not uh, missed anything uh, that I consider to be seriously culturally important. Um, you know, I feel okay. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Because honestly, at the time that the Lord sort of brought this to me, I thought, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to watch. How could right. I do it? Because I went from watching anything to watching very little. Right. And it's like, well, how am I going to deal with this? You know, hey, you know what? I'm okay that there are certain shows that are part of uh, the cultural conversation that I don't take part in. Right. Throw it back to you here. Toss it back over. Um, what do you see for yourself? And of course, you know, you, you represent a different, um, age category than I do, but, um, you know, you've been growing in the Lord a lot in the last couple of years, and I have noticed a difference in the way that you, that you view this kind of thing. Um, what do you see as what the Lord is doing moving forward? And, and I'm going to ask it in a couple of ways. Do you feel like, let's talk about content and let's talk about amount, Okay, so since we sort of set those parameters up, do you feel like the Lord is moving the line for you on the content spectrum and moving the line for you on the amount spectrum? Absolutely. Um, Again, content wise, I just, there's not really anything for me like you that it's like, oh, it's language, oh, it's sexual content, oh, it's violence. You know, there's not one or the other that I have to rule out. Um, I think it really just, for me, it, it depends on the movie and what it's about or the show and what it's about. Like if, Um, the show is just straight up about like sex. Like I'm probably not going to watch it. If the show is straight up about violence, I'm also probably just not going to watch it. But I, I don't, I don't know that I would have originally. Um, but definitely something that the Lord has worked a lot on is just amount. I used to use, um, television a lot as an escape of like, oh, I don't have to do my homework. I don't want to do my homework. Um, I just got home from a really long day of work. Not here. This is at my other job. Work here is great. I love it. <laughs> uh, preface. Um, I got I got back from a really long, hard day at work. I used to work at a preschool. Um, and so with, like, toddlers and mad suburban parents, it was good for me. The Real Housewives of Dallas. Pretty much. Uh-huh. It was good for me, but it was, it was definitely stressful. So I would just sit and binge and binge on television and um, – it didn't do anything for my for my mind and definitely not anything for my relationship with Christ. And um, this past year, God has just really put a desire in my heart to grow in knowledge, um, biblical, specifically biblical and scriptural knowledge. And so I do find myself more doing more Bible studies and devotionals than I do watching television. Um, <clears throat> I usually keep it to like two or two shows a night. Um, and that's like whatever show that's on television when I get home. And then 
before I go to bed, I fall asleep with something on the TV just because I like the noise. Um, but I, I don't veg out and just watch TV all day like I used to. Um, and I think, I think that has helped me think better and love better and serve better. Um, just because through my study in scripture, I feel like I'm more in tune with the Holy Spirit than I would be vegging out and watching Office all day, which don't get me wrong. Office is like my favorite show ever of all time. I've seen it like six times. Um, but you can only get so much out of it, you know? Um, Yes, I do especially know. so much for your spiritual life. Um, so more, I think the Lord has more worked on um, amount for me than content, and um, I'm just very self-aware now that um, TV is the way that I escape, and I don't think that I was aware of that two years ago, yeah. um, and definitely something that has been brought to my attention recently. Yeah, well, I, and I think that that's that's the pattern for those who are pressing in to the kingdom of God is that the things that are not doing as much for us, and, and it depends on the person. If you're mm-hmm. in the arts, for instance, uh, you know, you're, let's say you're a filmmaker. Well, you're going to have to intake more film right. than I am because I'm not a filmmaker. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's different things like that. But, but I think generally speaking, um, a lot of us could look at especially amount. As to the content side, there's a couple questions that that I think are worth thinking about for especially um, for single um, men and women and married women and women, which is to say everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, specifically when it comes to say sexual content, mm-hmm. I would ask I would ask every husband and wife to have a conversation that goes something like this: How many? Um, naked, airbrushed, uh, starved themselves, Hmm. naked women, do you want your husband to see in the average year um, that are not you in sexually explicit, um, sensual situations? I mean, is that something that you and your household are uh, are thinking is a good thing that is going to be beneficial for your Mm -hmm. marriage? Um, I think that's something worth talking about. Uh, Maybe someone would say, well, I don't care at all. but for some reason, I doubt that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, to you know, you, it's important for us, and and I know there are going to be people who are like, "There's nothing wrong with it." Whatever. Hey, I, I'm just I'm just saying the conversation's worth having. Yeah. And thinking um, about is definitely worth it. And I think that if you're a single guy, you need to ask yourself, "How many uh, naked men do I want the woman who I'm going to marry to be mm-hmm. looking at before she and I are married?" Mm-hmm. And for a single woman, I think, "How many naked uh, women do I want my?" soon to be husband or, you know, future husband to have looked at, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, th- these are, these are real <laughs> issues to me, especially since most of what you see on television is absolutely unrealistic, fake. Um, the, the, the way that sex is portrayed is absurd. Generally speaking, it's not the way normal men and women are. It's generally a, uh, what I would, uh, I would generally refer to it as a, a, male-dominated fantasy um, of the way that sexuality um, ought to work if people were just things. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would describe most sexuality that exists in, in movies and so on. Um, and of course, now you have mom porn, which is things like, you know, Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey, Grey Magic Mike, and, and all this kind of stuff. That <laughs> yeah, See, I guess, yeah. I guess that those things didn't even pop into my head because I never had a desire for them for sex. But I can totally, I totally know a lot of girls my age who are just super into that thing. And again, nothing wrong with them. I, I don't think that they're terrible people, but I, I just don't think that that content is great content to take. It's in. hard to see how there's anything redeeming yeah. about that. Yeah, um, I just don't understand. You know, and and again, 
you know, the point isn't the point isn't to to sit here and talk about what's good and bad and do what they did about the Smurfs back in the eighties. <laughs> that's not that's not the point. My point is always and always will be. We want the mind of Christ. Yeah. So we want to think about these things. It's yeah. not about, oh, you're bad and this person's, oh, why are you watching this? Or why, how can you watched for, you know, 10 hours? Uh, look, you and the Lord need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. You and your spouse need to deal with this. You and your children need to talk about mm-hmm. this. These are, these kinds of choices are real choices. You're spending real amounts of your life mm-hmm. on the entertainment that you're watching. And so you need to spend real amounts of time thinking about it. If I've... If I've read the word for 15 minutes this week um, and listened to a sermon, well, if you come to Acts Church, it's probably uh, maybe well, an, uh, an hour. Maybe. Um, you know, maybe a little longer sermon. But if, if I've listened to this much, um, you know, if I've spent X amount of time with the Lord, focused on the Lord, but I've spent X times 20, you know, 20X that much time watching Netflix, there's probably an issue. And mm-hmm. and by the way, this starts with me and everybody else, oh, the sure, amount of entertainment sure. that we have. And this, and this goes, by the way, for social media. Mm-hmm. This goes for how many times you're looking at your phone. All mm-hmm. things which I think all of us struggle with. It's yep. all it's in our face all day long. Entertain yep. me, entertain me, entertain me. And, and what I think we'll find is we're generally pretty bored. Yeah. Even with all this entertainment, we're pretty bored because there's not enough to it. Mm-hmm. There's not enough there. Um, and, and I think especially younger people who have been brought up on a constant flow. See, we didn't have it like that. And of course, before that, back when, say, D- Dickens was writing back, you know, mm-hmm. um, you would have gotten uh, A Tale of Two Cities in 36 parts in a, in a monthly <laughs> magazine, right? So it took you three years to read through, of course, the large That's book, but but it, but you would have gotten these as serials, right? They'd come serially, just like television shows came when I was young, right. but they came every week, right? And now you can get a whole season that'll come out on Netflix at yeah, once. At one time. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the younger people are used to having as much entertainment as they want. When you go on YouTube oh. and find a billion things to watch, yeah. right? I mean, I don't know if it's literally a billion, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Probably. billion videos on YouTube. Um, and again, you, you, you get into that, and then what you find is you run out of that, which is actually fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like any addiction, mm-hmm. uh, there's diminishing returns. And yeah. at the end of the day, you just feel cruddy. Yeah. And so, having said all that, let's talk about a movie. Uh, oh, this movie was good, guys. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we each saw a movie called A Quiet Place. Uh, Emily Blunt um, and John Krasinski uh, were in the movie. I don't know the names of the of the child actors in the movie, but they were phenomenal. They were all they very were so good. good. Uh, let me let me preface with a couple things. First of all, the movie is scary. Um, it's it, intense. It is intense. Some might call it horror. More would probably call it a thriller. Yeah. It is not um, spiritually dark at all. There's no. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, there's no. Uh, let me tell you a few things that I like just out of the gate. That a movie was made that's as intense and as well made as it was. It has zero bad language in it. Yeah. Zero sexuality in it yeah. of any kind that I that I saw. None. Um, there's no. There's you know you don't you don't have characters that are um, you know addicted to substances. You're just you're not dealing with themes that are often difficult. Um, especially if you're wanting to bring, you know, a 13, 14, 15 year old in, if your 13, 14, 15 year old can handle um, some intensity. And just suspense. That's what it is. It's, it's just definitely going to key you up. You're going you're gonna to be tired probably coming <laughs> yes, out. Yes, I was. It's definitely, you know, you're going to find your, your 
fists are clenched and you're <laughs> and you're on the edge of your seat. It's definitely that kind of movie. There's some jump scares. There's some, you know, there's an intensity to the movie. So I just want to warn you up front. There's some intensity to the movie. There is some violence. Um, yeah. You know, there is some. I wouldn't call it gore, no. um, but there is some violence in the movie, um, and it's definitely intense. Now, having said all of that telling you that it's intense and so on. I want to I want to give you sort of a general thing and then I'm going to warn you about spoilers later and that and you can turn this off and go watch it and come back if you want. Yes, um because please do. Yeah. So, I'm going to I'm going to start generally. Um the movie has some themes that are um for the believer and I have no idea, you know, John Krasinski and I have not talked in Ever. I don't know John Krasinski. <laughs> I don't know Emily Blunt. I don't know anybody else who made this movie. Uh, I know you're shocked by that, but uh, they don't come to Axe Church. So, um, but you you're welcome, that, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. You're welcome at Axe <laughs> Church anytime. Um, we would love to. We'd love to have you. Um, but I have no idea what was in their mind. I know John Krasinski grew up in a Catholic home. Right. I don't know what his faith is currently. He started it. He wrote it, and he directed it. So yeah, he, I think there were other writers big, also. Right, but he had a big. Part yeah, all. this was yeah. a big, and I know that he's talked about really focusing on the family theme. Mm-hmm. I know there are those who have to, who have looked to political parallels, um, and that he has said that's great that you see that. That definitely wasn't what we were going for. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of people, of course, in this in this day, everything becomes political, political if it can yeah. be, um, and yeah. isn't. Aren't the you know the bad guys really this? Okay, whatever. Yeah, blah, blah. He he basically <laughs> said that's not what he was doing. So I don't know exactly what he's doing. I can tell you a couple things. Um, we are definitely, and this is, is no spoiler here, we're definitely in a dystopia, okay, which is to say mm-hmm. a world that is, uh, that is not our current world that yep. is very, very, very broken. Um, yeah. It's very messed up. And, and there's nothing, no, no big deal. You'll hear this in any or see it in any trailer. Um, you know, you're talking about people who are living in a, in a place where um, most people are no longer living yes. and... Uh, so there's very, very few people around, and there are essentially aliens uh, yeah. that are, uh, you know, there's some sort of alien monster, monster thing, you know, yeah. it's a creature feature at the end of the day um, that have basically offed <laughs> most people on the, on the, in the earth. Yeah. And so it's a very, <laughs> so in that sense... It's much worse. Like we think about, oh, man, you know, I have teenagers. Oh, man, I'm bringing these teenagers <laughs> into the world right now. Um, such a bad, such That's, a bad situation yeah. and whatever. This is worse. This uh, is worse. And yet one of the things that you see, and, and uh, you know, this is, again, not really a, a spoiler at all, but is that um, Emily Blunt's character, uh, the, the wife and mother in this film, mm-hmm. is pregnant. Yeah. And does not choose to end her pregnancy. Yeah. And I find that to be a, you know, in a world where people are allowed to end their pregnancy for any reason Mm -hmm. at all, um, and oftentimes would say, you know, uh, and and one of the arguments people make is, do you really want to bring a child into Into poverty or into this or into that? And you see a family who is so strong as a family that there's not, you never even hear that there was a discussion, um, um, you know, about, oh, should we... You know, abort this child. Um, they're going to bring the child in the world, and you'll see when you see the movie why bringing a child in the world is is literally in this case risking the lives of oh, everyone yeah. in the family oh, but yeah. in, in a big way. Um, and so, and yet there there's no thought of ending no, no. the life of the child. And so, life, uh, the value of life mm-hmm. is very very highly prized in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, and you have, and the value of family. Mm-hmm. 
is everything in this movie. And just the way yeah. that, that they are as a family, the love that they have for one another as a family, um, the, the desire of the parents to protect the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think at some point she says, you know, if we can't, if we can't protect our children, who are we? Who are we to them? Yeah. Who yeah. are we? Right. So I mean, well, you know, you know, protect, we get, we have to protect mm-hmm. our children. This is, and so there's, there, there's just some really incredible um, stuff. I mean, a really, really powerful example of a husband and a wife yeah. um, living together, operating together, um, loving each other through pain and difficulty. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong portrayal of a woman, very, very strong portrayal yeah. of a man. Yeah. Um, really complimenting one another, really submitting to one another. I mean, just Really, really fantastic. And so if you get a chance to see this movie, and like I say, there are some scares involved. But at the end of the day, this is a... It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a family... Um, I'm not going to say it's a family movie because it's, you know, it's not, you know, uh, the wonderful world of Disney or something. This no. is definitely a creature feature with some with some scares. But the but you couldn't have the kind of power no. I don't think of of what you see in this family without those. Yeah, very and true. so I'm gonna let you go for a few minutes on on your take the thirty thousand foot view. No spoilers here oh. um, on what you some of the things that you saw, Kristen, in the movie. Um, so it was really good. I was nervous about going into it. I don't like scary movies. I don't like jump scares. I I'm already like kind of on an edge of your seat kind of person. Um, but I've just heard so many good things, and I really liked the cast of this movie. Um, and I, of course, waited a little while because I wanted to hear if it was, like, worth going to go see, and it was. Um, and it was it was not disappointing. I will say that the spoilers that we will give later are probably things that I didn't realize while I was watching the movie because I was so caught up in the suspense and the intensity of the movie. I was a little bit scared. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm a big scaredy cat. Let's just preface with that. But it was, it was good. The movie had what, and for me, something that I haven't seen in a movie in a really long time is the roller coaster of highs and lows of, um, oh, at at the beginning, you're, you know, you're kind of at a starting place and then you skyrocket and then there's some relief and then um, there's another, I'm forgetting all my English terminology. There's another like plot point that hits a high. It's it's very roller coaster, but because of that, I didn't realize how long it was. A lot of these days, I feel like I go into a movie and I leave it saying, "Oh my gosh, that movie was so long. They could have cut out this part, this part, this part. They could have done this differently." I didn't even didn't even feel like a long time to me. I was just in the moment. It was really good. Talking about a good story and a good escape, this was definitely something um, that I went in. I had a lot of schoolwork and stuff on my mind, and I got so caught up in the story and just the amazing characters and the amazing family dynamic and just everything that was happening that I was literally just transferred into um, the story, which is, I think is another reason why it's good to see it in theater. Um, I know at home when I watch movies, I get way distracted by my dog barking or my phone sitting next to me or my computer or whatever. And so seeing it in theater really um, gave me the ability to get more wrapped up in the story. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, it's intense. Um, It's suspenseful. Um, I, my hands hurt after clenching and making fists and sitting on the edge of my seat, but it was, it was good and it was, it was definitely worth it. And so um, I think if you have teenagers and you want a good family movie night and you're, you're willing to take a risk and you guys are okay with, with some jump scares and some intensity that I definitely think this is 
the thing to see. And it's so hard with being involved in youth and student ministry. It's, I often find it hard sometimes to talk about like, oh, you should go see this movie because I don't want people to be like, oh, what is a children's person, like pastor doing saying this movie? But not not with this Quiet Place movie. This is something that I would definitely recommend to um, uh, parents of our youth, kids, um, and something I don't find awkward to talk about because like David said, there was you know, no sexually explicit content. There was no foul language. Um, there was no meaningless, gruesome violence, um, which are all things that are so hard, that are so um, prominent in our media today that it was good for a movie to not be about that. It was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, again, it, it, the, the themes are there if you look for them. I don't know that on your first watching of the movie, you'll be able to look <laughs> so for the them. So the themes that, like, we're about to talk about and give away, I did not realize because I was so caught up in the story and the suspense. It was not until after when um, Hunter Haddad, not Hunter Croft, and I walked out of the movie and were talking about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even see that because this was happening and I was so caught up in the suspense. But after having a discussion, and that's, it's, it's a good movie to go home and discuss afterwards, too. I feel like there's not a lot of movies where um, there's a lot of symbolism or allegories anymore, at least not ones that I watch. So it was really good to kind of discuss and have thoughts and um, really analyze the movie, which is, again, really refreshing. Yeah. So I'll give you a few things to look for for those who have not seen it yet and who are going to end up stopping the podcast here in a few minutes to not hear spoilers. Uh, Think about who the Christ character Mm -hmm. is in the movie. Um, Think about... Uh, what when you see hearing aids, um, think about what is is happening there. Or think about what is um, behind that. Uh, I would think about uh, what the creatures represent, mm-hmm. uh, what they may represent. I would think about um, you know some of the some of the bonds uh, that exist. I, I think about um, you know, there's very, there's actually very little dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of talking in the movie. There, there's some. It's not like, what was the one with Tom Hanks uh, uh, where he's out on the island somewhere? Do you remember? Castaway? You know Castaway. So oh, yeah. there's like yeah. almost no talking through most of the movie. I was going to say Wally, but yeah. then I realized that we Wally, were just completely Wally not on the same page. Is, <laughs> no, good movie too. Um, it's not like Castaway. There's, there is some some talking, but, um, you know, they're, they're again, they're, the things that are said are usually important. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. And so think about uh, what what in this movie sort of also looks like uh, your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and, and so think about those as you go through it. Now, I'm going to say if you are, if you have not watched it and you don't want spoilers, if you want spoilers, hey, I keep got listening. Them. You know, keep listening. We got it. Um, if, you got don't, you if you don't want spoilers, then uh, this is the time to, to go ahead and, and stop and come back later. Um, if you're fine with spoilers and you want to be able to think about these things as you watch through the movie, then fine. Yeah. You, can, you can keep going. Um, so this is now... Spoiler th- alert. This is spoiler alert time. <laughs> Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, we are going to talk about what happens. So, so the movie starts out... Um, with this family uh, in this town, and they start out in a store, and uh, the store's empty, of course. Everybody's dead. I mean, most yeah. people on earth are dead. Yeah. And uh, you have the family. Uh, we start. We see the kids sort of walking around, tiptoeing around, and and uh, so we realize that they have to be quiet. Hey, the movie's called A Quiet Place. That's no secret. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and basically, you know, the reason they have to be quiet is because these creatures are all ears. Um, Completely. They can't 
see. Nope. They can't, I don't know what they can taste, but they, assumedly they can't really smell or see yeah. there, but they have these humongous, let's call them ears. Um, so if you make a noise beyond a very, very low noise that from miles and miles they away, will they will hear you. And they will They are fast. You. They will come yeah. get you and you will be dead yep. quickly. Yep. Um, and so the, everybody has to be super, super quiet. Early in the movie, the youngest child is drawing on the floor and he draws and he draws this rocket ship, which I found interesting right out of the gate. Um, he draws this rocket ship and, he, and he's talking to his sister and says, this is how we're going to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how we're going to get out of here. We're going to build a rocket yeah. and escape. And and while, the, you know, there's no rocket that gets built in this movie, no, um, although there are rockets used at one point. Firework um, fireworks. Fireworks. Uh, there's, you know, they're not, there is no escaping. And I think there is some sense of, Hey, um, heaven Mm -hmm. in that, in that statement, in Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, there is a place that is not here. That is better that we can, that we could get to, um, Mm -hmm. at some place, of course, heaven comes only through death. And of course there's a foreshadowing here because the youngest son is within, you know, an hour of that time. Not Um, even, it was literally like 15 minutes. I was not prepared for that to happen. Oh yeah. No, no, not within an hour of the movie, within an hour real time for them. Real time for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Within an hour. Okay. You know, bottom line is that the kid ends up, the, the, the sister gives the young boy, uh, this toy, even though the dad says, don't play with the toy, it's going to be too, too loud. loud. It makes sounds and it lights up. And stuff. She gives him the toy without batteries. The kid grabs batteries. They're on their way home. He sticks the batteries in the thing. He's standing behind everybody and the the, the noise goes yeah. off. The dad starts running towards the child to try, and save to, try to save him from the um, creature, but the creature comes and the child dies. So there's your first big spoiler. That's, that's it up happens front. so fast. Yeah, that's, that's like, early not on in the movie. Um, that happens. And hopefully you've already seen the movie. So, you know, this, um, you know, and of course at some level, you know, if this kid's a believer, which we have reason to believe that they're believers, they pray there in the movie and mm-hmm, so on. They do. Um, even in this horrible world, they're still blessing their food and, and yeah. thanking God for, for it. Um, uh, you know, so assumedly in, in either way, age of accountability, I don't want to get into a bunch of theology, but the kid goes to heaven. Um, so <laughs> while he doesn't take a rocket ship, he does escape the the brutality and violence of that world that he's in. That, yeah. that, and so we, we know we live in a fallen world. Well, we find right out of the gate, this world is very, very fallen, which is to say death is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, this, this kid's like, obviously this place isn't good. It'd be good to get away. Uh, he he does pass away, and of course the impact on the family is significant. Very. I think we hit them back uh, about a year later is when we come back to uh, the family, mm-hmm. and uh, it tells how many days. I think we were at like ninety something. Yeah, we were like at like eighty nine, and then it went to like four hundred and something. And something yeah. So we're we're a year later, um, and and there's a theme that's going to be through the rest of the of the film where the daughter and their daughter is hearing impaired. Um, is struggling with whether or not her dad loves her. Right, because she gave the her little brother the toy, right. which made the noise, which got him killed. Right, so her little brother, she feels responsible for the death of her little brother. Um, we find out later the mother also feels some responsibility yes. for the death of the little brother. Because she could have been carrying him and right. holding him instead of him being on his own. And it's, and it's an interesting, uh, it's one of these things where we want to lay blame. Right. And this is a, 
This is an important thing to get, and and of course, uh, you know, the Christ character in this movie, uh, or or at least one of the people who is really um, clearly a Christ character mm-hmm. is John Krasinski, mm-hmm. and so he does not blame the daughter or the mother no. um, for the death, and and it's and, and it reminds me of Christ when he's talking, and and you know, there's this whole you have the Eastern idea of karma, which is nothing new to humans and religious thought, which is to say there are people who think that everything you get that's good comes because of good you've done. Everything right. that you get that's bad comes because of bad things that you've done. And essentially you're quote unquote putting good and bad into the universe and it's going to come back around. Um, that is untrue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to I hate to break it to you. Um, <laughs> Another spoiler alert. <laughs> it's, yeah, spoiler alert on karma. <laughs> karma is not real. Now, having said that, it is like many falsehoods has some truth to it. There are good consequences to good actions. There are bad consequences to bad actions, but it's not as simple as that. We live in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who will both get good who don't deserve it, which is everyone who gets anything good is getting something good they don't deserve because we're all fallen. Mm -hmm. We're all uh, rebels uh, Mm -hmm. against God. And so anything good that we get comes from the Lord. Um, The bad things that we get... Sometimes come because of our bad actions, but sometimes come because we're in a fallen world. And, you know, they're coming to Christ. Oh, why, you know, why is this guy have this disease or this problem? And is it because of his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus is like, it's not because of either. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we live in a fallen world. And he's like, this is, he's got this so that the Lord may be glorified. And of course, he's healed and so on. You know, he says, do you think the people who were crushed by by the tower that fell, uh, were more sinful than other people. And I think it was in Galilee and other Galileans. Um, and he's like, no, they weren't more sinful. A building fell on them. You know, <laughs> essentially bad things happen. And, and, and there's, you can always go back to sort of this, but for causation. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't done X, if I hadn't done Y, if what if I could have done this more, I could have done that more. And let me just give those of you who do that, uh, you've had tragedy in your life mm-hmm. and you're going through the but for causes. Let me just tell you something. Rest in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you're wrong about the fact that you could have thought about that or you should have thought about yeah. that. The hindsight bias of looking back and seeing how you could have done something is all, you always see clearly in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact is, is that you did not see clearly at that time. It was not easy um, to do. I'm not saying that no one has ever made any mistakes. What I'm saying is, is that to, you know, you give it to the Lord if there was a mistake, but you don't create and borrow trouble and create mistakes, mm-hmm. which is, I think, in this case, this this girl couldn't forgive herself. Yeah for giving the, the boy the thing. But the fact is that she didn't give him the battery. She gave she him the did. thing. She gave him the toy. In, in a way, the toy, yeah, it was a spaceship, I think. Which, it was a rocket. Again, a rocket. You, you, got the, you got the symbolism that's going on here. Um, she gives him this, this symbol, this, this toy um, in such a way that it was actually, I thought it was nice. Uh, yeah, nice of her cute. to do. Yes, the dad had said not to have it, but of course that meant with the batteries, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure she was really being that disobedient. I mean, she did say, Shh, you know, don't tell anybody I'm giving That's you the true. toy back. Um, but it certainly was not her fault that the boy died. Right. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to give you this toy so you can. It wasn't ill-intentional. Right. Ill-intentional. And the mother was not at fault for not no. carrying the boy. There's just no one who was at fault. What The only thing that was at fault was this fallen world. Of course, he was yeah. he was taken by the, the monsters, assumedly. Ingested. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how it all works, right? But I think they eat them. That's, yeah, that's what um, it looks like. So that, that's what happened. Um, 
And and so we so this is this is where we start. We have this, and that's gonna and the theme is gonna run throughout the movie mm-hmm. of wondering: Does Dad still love me? Here yeah. in the case of of the girl, I don't think that that's what the mother was struggling with. I think she was no. struggling with her own regrets yeah. um, that I think we all do. And I think the lesson is uh, in that: Look, don't go, don't go back into these but for causes. I no. could, I would, I should. I yeah. that's just it's not it's not right. It's not real. The fact is is that um, death and disease and and bad stuff, darkness is in this world. And it's going to happen. And there's not there's not anything that likely you could have done to stop the things that happen in your life. There's not likely things I could have done to stop things that happen in my life that really are a result of a fallen world. And so I think that the movie actually really does drive that home um, yeah. in, in a certain way. And so we, we move on and we see them basically living this life, right? And so they sort of are setting the scene here for the kind of... Um, the kind of life they have to live. It's quiet. Very There's quiet. sign language, yeah. uh, you know. It's Which, just an interesting thing, not really related to the religious themes here. I think one of the reasons why this family got to survive so long is because they already knew sign language because they had a child who was hearing impaired. Um, right. That's just a theory of mine. It's probably pretty obvious. But um, that was just one of the tools that they got to survive since they couldn't use For words. Sure. They already knew how to communicate. That's they were right. already effective in communicating with one another. So the, one of the things that has affected the daughter is, and I believe the actor is actually hearing impaired. Yes. Um, she's fantastic also. She's so good. Um, uh, one of the things that, and I think she's been in something before. I don't I don't think I saw it, but... Um, that has affected the daughter is that she's hearing impaired, which is of course a result of the fallen our fallen world. That sometimes parts of our body don't work, yeah. um, but because of this part of what I agree with you, the family probably survived or was much more likely to survive because they had already learned sign yeah. language to communicate with their daughter, um, and so you know this was this ends up being this thing that's that is we see as a negative ends up being a, a, a huge positive that this family is able to survive, communicate, because you got to communicate to have done the things that they've done. Um, and they, they knew sign language. So that, that was that was an important part. I agree, Kristen, um, that her, this thing that some would see as a disability is the thing that actually in this world was what made them able to survive. And so um, they, they move on and, and we basically see... Uh, that they're that they're going through this life. We find out that the mother's pregnant. Yep. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, there's no <coughs> suggestion that that you would do anything um, that they would even considered abortion. Uh, and of course, a baby having a baby is going to cause uh, noise because the baby cries. Right, <laughs> babies cry. It's very difficult to go through labor yep. um, and a and a childbirth with no pain medication without Oof. some noise. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to make some noise. I mean, I don't care how quiet you are, and then that baby's going to come out screaming. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm and and you know, so they're risking everyone's life by having this baby. So um, we find out later they've set up a as best as they can um, to to eliminate as uh, you know we see that they have this crib that's going to keep the noise down and so on Um, in any case we we go through uh, and um, he takes his son out to learn he's teaching him sort of how to survive and so on um, takes him takes him out and there's actually some really 
uh, important um, stuff that that happens there in terms of just the relationship between the father and son. There's nothing necessarily allegorical about it. Right. Um, just a really strong showing of who they are as a family and and a son learning to trust his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you have this sort of Christ character, you also have this sort of father God character. Um, and the son asks questions about, do you not, you know, do you not love you our know, daughter my, anymore? Your daughter, my anymore. sister, yeah. Um, and and of course. Go ahead. You had Which I thought was interesting is the whole time that she's obviously struggling with her father. Oh, he doesn't accept me. He doesn't love me anymore. You know, he is working um, on building her hearing aids so she can continue to hear. Um, he is constantly caring for her the way that he um, knows how and showing her that sh- that he loves her. But she's unwilling to accept that love because of the blame that she feels for killing her little brother. Um, and so that was something that was just like really... Um, that stood out to me is, you know, um, being able to accept love when you're so hurt and upset with yourself that you can't, um, you can't see that people are trying to love you and reach out to you. And you're just so preoccupied with like, oh, I did something wrong. This person's mad at me. Like, I don't deserve their love. I don't deserve this. Um, but all the while, John Krasinski, that Christ-like father figure is still, um, Still doing things for her, showing her that he loves her, but she's just not willing to accept that love because of the guilt and shame that she feels. Yeah, which I relate to a lot. So. Yeah, I think that I think that most of us do. Um, we see our sin as something that separates us, not only from God but from others. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, how, how can God love me in this situation? And, and meanwhile, we see we see that Krasinski, um, his character is is you know making hearing aids for mm-hmm. his audience, trying all these different things. He spends all this time down working on these hearing mm-hmm. aids. Uh, and she actually rejects, he brings her a hearing aid. She rejects yeah. it saying, look, it never works. You know, you keep trying, but it never works. You know, I don't even want it. And eventually he puts it in her hand and she takes it um, and and puts it on. It doesn't work, but she but she keeps it on, which will be important um, as, as she moves forward. Uh, it doesn't work the way she wants it to, but it actually does work for something. Yeah. Um, not not what he intended for it to work for, but we'll but get to that in, in a second. And so um, you have you have this situation where the the sort of the climax of of the movie or the climax of the action uh, or the first climax of the action is there's a lot of them yeah <laughs> it's intense the first real climax of the action is when uh, the mother gives birth yeah and so she ends up and the stepping on the nail thing was ooh, oh gosh ooh, ooh. she gets uh, like a nail all the way through her foot and it's like oh, it's ooh, just it one looks of those painful you and talk like cringe worthy yeah it's, it's very yeah. cringy um, super cringy but she she ends up. Um, having one of the creatures uh, in in the house um, hunting her essentially while she's in labor yeah. and eventually giving birth and they have to go through this process of mm-hmm. making noise. If you make enough noise um, that, you know, loud noises, then you can make less loud Small, noises without right, them knowing. Noises, right. uh, so they end up making this noise. Um, with the fireworks so that she can get With the fireworks as the son and the father come back. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the, the daughter has gone to where her brother died. And I believe there's a cross there. Yes, there is. Uh, which, uh, which I find, you know, she's she's there at literally at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. um, dealing with her her frustratedness, mm-hmm. uh, how frustrated she is and feeling rejected by her dad mm-hmm. and feeling, uh, which, which she's sort of put on herself at a, at a certain level and feeling all of that. And she sees the, 
fireworks realizes that something bad's going down right. and comes and back them. to the house. And so then the rest of the movie, essentially, the family's separated. Uh, yeah. The two kids end up in one spot. Dad is in a different spot. Mom is in, you know, in a different spot with the, the baby. baby. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot going on there. Um, it's let's, intense. It is. It is intense. <laughs> it, it is. Um, so let's get sort of to, to the end of it. The, the, the culmination of everything um, is... What ends up happening is, of course, this hearing aid, as you know, if you've watched it, um, has a frequency that makes these uh, creatures, it, it jacks them up so that they, so, um, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It makes their armor sort of come up and it and it's it's it drives them insane. It drives right. them crazy. It's basically like their only weakness that yeah. they know of. It's their kryptonite. So, so when they get near her, um, this, the... The frequency frequency that this thing is putting out freaks them out. Um, And so she doesn't know this, though. Um, And she ends up, uh, they end, the two kids end up inside a truck and she actually takes the hearing aid off. Yeah, she turns it off because the frequency, when these monsters come around, the frequencies of everything get messed up. So when a monster is near, the frequency in her hearing aid goes off and it drives her insane. So at one point she doesn't know, but it's keeping her... Basically, it's keeping the monsters from attacking her and her little brother, but the pain gets so much that she just turns it off. And so this creature is literally standing on top of the truck, and uh, you think that these children are going to die, and you're freaking out, and you're squeezing everything, and hyperventilating. That's my experience. And and (laughs) John Krasinski had basically taken a swing at one of these things and kind of been knocked down and injured. It runs over to the truck where the kids are. She takes her net, not realizing that it's actually her salvation. Mm -hmm. Is mm-hmm. this hearing aid? Uh, nobody knows this at this point, but it hurts her also, and so she takes it off, and this this thing starts to try to get in after these kids. Um, you know, part of part of the stuff that I'm going through actually was sent to me in a text by Hunter, her dad, who I asked. Shout out, yeah. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten any of this yeah, stuff. So he, he actually he's so good at this. He had a, he had a good take on this, and so I so I'm actually I have his text in front of me. I'm reading some of some of these are are great ideas and his ideas, and he talks about um, you know. Essentially, he looks at the at the monsters as sort of sin, um, and you know the slightest mistake essentially brings death. Uh, yeah. You know, you're you in this case the slightest noise. Um, he would say the slightest mistake uh, in sin or the slightest sin is is going to bring death because mm-hmm. of course it's a it's a break in, in holiness and so on. Um, I can I definitely see where he's where he's coming from there. And here in here he, in his in his view of this. This, this monster is here trying to get at these kids, trying to destroy, mm-hmm. trying to get at them. Um, and Krasinski then, who's standing, I don't know, 50 yards away, yeah. 100 yards away from the kids, you know, the moment is essentially he stands there. I can't remember if he puts his arms out or not, but he stands there and he looks at, at his daughter and he signs to her. You know, I love you. I've always loved you. Mm-hmm. You know, and she and I she realizes. Cried. Yeah, oh, I did yeah. not think I would ever cry in like a scary, suspenseful thriller. But I just like I started crying. Well, like you're a already baby. emotionally, you know, true. Like you're already you know, emotionally spent at yeah, this point raw, with the roller coaster. So, you don't know. so I and just it, started crying. It's definitely a cry moment cry. for sure. Huh. Uh, you know, he he's looking at his daughter, and both the kids, I believe, are looking at him. And, and but he's telling his daughter, "I love you." I've always loved you. Um, and, you know, he's bleeding. He's he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And he knows that the only way he's going to save his kids is by making a loud noise. Yeah. And so Krasinski basically yells after he's told told his you know daughter and his kids and that he, he loves, loves them. Yeah. And, and, and it always has been so. He, he yells, the creature 
of course, now he's making a loud noise. So the creature comes after him. Yeah. The kids are able to pull the e-brake and roll down the hill in the truck and get back home. So they're safe. Uh, Krasinski is dead. Um, of course, sacrifices himself yeah. for his children. Um, and I can't remember if he actually puts his arms out or not. Either. But I if he does, trying. then that would be kind of a Christ pose that he's taking to to even drive it home more. Yeah. But definitely, look, here's my love for you. What what more can I show you than that yeah. I'll lay down my life for you? Um, because he was saying he was. Uh, he, he wasn't going to get killed. Mm-mm. They were going to get killed. And so, um, and he knows that, that by dying, they're left without him. Yep. Um, so uh, he dies. They get back to, to the, the mother. The, the girl goes downstairs, but she's not been allowed to be downstairs yet. And she sees a hundred hearing aids sitting down there, realizes yeah. all the work that her dad had been doing for all this time that, that while she was sort of reveling in her own guilt, mm-hmm. he was actually not holding this against no. her, but actually loving her and spending so much mm-hmm. of his time trying to give, um, trying to give her the ability to hear. Which is just so profound to me. Like, like I said earlier, that out of everything just like stri- strikes me the hardest because I just have this pride complex where I always feel like I'm so unworthy and I'm so undeserving. And then sometimes God just snatches me out of it. And I'm just in awe of all of the things that he continually does for me and how he blesses me when I'm just so wrapped up in my own guilt, anger, fear, shame, you know? And so like, oh, I almost cried at that part too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, 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 it was a special part. And again, if we're looking at Krasinski's character as a Christ character, uh, we see not only the protection, but we see the the nonstop love, mm-hmm. even even when... Let's say she did mess up. Yeah. Even with her mistake, he he was full of grace for her and Completely. absolutely loved his daughter. Um, had been working so hard for her just to give her, which is the, which is the last thing that maybe in that environment they he he could have been worrying about so many other things. Right. Um, but he was putting the time in, and, and you know this family was just so so close and so loving. Mm-hmm. She realizes it. A creature's down there threatening the family. Uh, she eventually recognizes what the hearing aid is doing, that it's that that's mm-hmm. causing the, um, this uh, creature to, you know, have, have this reaction. Visceral reaction, yeah. You know, uh, Emily Blunt, in this case, just goes Wonder Woman on us, bit. shoots yeah. this thing in the it's face. Great. like, pa! <laughs> yeah, kills this, this thing. Um, as she, what she's done is she's put it together. She's looking at all the stuff down there. You know, her dad's put all this stuff together. If you've seen the movie, you know this. And she's sort of put all this together, what these things are that they hear. That, you know, and as a person who's hearing impaired, she has a better understanding than most about how this is affecting. Right. She can see what's happening, that she's both hurting and that the creature's mm-hmm. reacting. Um, so she's, you know, very, very intelligent. And and they kill this one. Of course, when the shotgun goes off, it's bringing everyone in town. All of them, like, flock to the house. So here they come. And we get uh, essentially a very cool part of the movie. Mom looks at daughter. It's so awesome. <laughs> eye contact is made. She turns up this uh, microphone that's in there, puts her hearing aid up to it. And, and you know, she, she cocks a shotgun and we get the end credits. So oh, they're going to take so out. Good. They're going to like They're going to totally take out all these, these so aliens awesome. as soon as they get in the room. Um, and so we see that that. There's that through the sacrifice of Krasinski, mm-hmm. through the work that he'd done, through the love that he'd shown in the hearing aid and so on, we're going to see in this case the end of death coming as they are able to defeat in this yeah. case the way that, that Hunter had sought sin, if that's the way you see. I think there's more than one way to see. Yeah, there um, is. Certainly, but certainly no question, darkness, uh, brokenness, and so on is what's represented in these creatures. And so, and so here we are, and they're going to, now this family is going to live. Life is going to survive. 
survive as a result of the sacrifice of the dad, not just in giving his life, but in not in just giving his death, but in giving his life to his family mm-hmm. in, in the way that he had done so, and the mother as well, uh, the way that she had also given her life to this yeah. family. And so it's just so powerful. It's so um, good. In the way that that all that happens, um, and so you know, we we see Hunter Haddad makes a point that basically the hearing aid and the stuff she's in the wall and so on. He he likens that to scripture um, that that's what they were that's what she was left with um, when when her dad passed you know her dad died that he had left behind his research his whatever mm-hmm. and this is About kind of like creatures. like using scripture to yeah. find out how to defeat sin and so on. Um, I, I'm not going to go way deeper in because we're. We're well past uh, the, the normal <gasps> podcast time. Um, but let me just say that, hey, I appreciate, again, shout out to Hunter Dad. He yes. had some, some good thoughts here. Um, I, I just, there's only so many uh, movies and so on that do sort of allegory, um, mm-hmm. or at least somewhat allegory like this one does, and give us sort of this kind of an insight into, um, you know, the Christian, the, a Christian worldview and story done in a way that I think... Um, lifts up family, lifts up yes. really Christ. Uh, um, yes. If if you are willing to see it that way as a believer, and I and again, I don't know if that's what they were trying to go for, um, but certainly it's there it for the taking if you want to see it. And so, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, I you know I would recommend seeing it. We want to support yes. uh, film that that uh, does a good job of this type of thing. Yes. Uh, the acting was was superb. So um, the the story was good. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are some idiosyncrasies in the film that don't make any sense, I'll give you a couple. Um, who's running the power grid? Okay, because there's there's electric power. See, um, I didn't even think of these things. I get so caught up in the, like, the suspense that I, I don't even... And that's why they didn't address it. That's why cool. they didn't address it. Because I didn't get it. Because you're not, you're not likely to think about it unless you're somebody who thinks about those things. Right. You're not likely to think about the fact that where's the power coming from? They're, they're either running the generator, which would be super loud. Right. Um, somebody had to turn it on, which means they had to stand somewhere near it um, to turn it on. Okay, I don't know where the power is coming from, and 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 you got to go over to the generator to bring gas to it regularly, which we never heard a generator running. So no. assumedly, somehow the power grid is still running, which makes no sense. Um, and there were some other things. There are some other things that if you thought about, if everyone was dead, and you know, so on, could this go on or could that go on? But. I would ignore, you know, any. It's just kind of like a time travel movie. They always are going to have things that right. don't make sense right. in them. Um, you got to, you got to buy, you got to buy the world to buy the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I don't think that's a problem. I think you're going to buy into it. It's um, so good. I don't get why the basement would have flooded in the way that it did. There's a scene where the I basement didn't get floods. That either, um, but you know, nevertheless. Really, really, really fantastic movie. I really encourage you to to check it out and to look for these themes and maybe maybe leave some comments uh, either when we post this on Facebook underneath that or on SoundCloud. Yes. Um, you know, and if you haven't, if you've got an iPhone, you know, you can subscribe to this podcast through your. You you have a if you go into your menu, you can look and you've got a podcast. It's purple. App. It's purple. Go in there and subscribe so you just get these. They just come to you. Um, leave, you know, leave us a review. Uh, put it on there so that other people, you know, the more reviews we get, the more likely other mm-hmm. people are gonna are gonna take, you know, take a look at this content. And, and if it's if it's something that you enjoy, please leave a review. If you don't enjoy it, please don't leave a review. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, comment. Let me know if you saw some other things in this in this movie. Um, we both, Chris and I, Hunter and Dad, who um, seen my children, we all really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, saw some great stuff in it. And so 
We'll do this more um, where we where we talk about story and we talk about the mind of Christ in terms of these things. Uh, we talk a little bit more specifically about the way we approach these things mm-hmm. and the way that different believers can approach these things um, because there are a number of different ways that God calls us um, yes. to interact with this. And so we love you. Hope you have a great week. And we'll try to get with you next time. So let's pray as we close. Father, we thank you um, that... We have a real story in scripture mm-hmm. that we can look to, Lord, and that when we see other things like this, that we can make uh, connections that help draw us closer to you. Um, but I pray that we would stay primarily in your word um, and and know the truth. Lord, I pray that you would uh, use movies like this to help people to, to recognize different themes and different truths mm-hmm. about uh, who we are and who we are in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that as this little girl comes to the cross of of her brother, which really represents in her mind her sin that has kept her from her own father, um, but but through the rest of the the movie recognizes that there was no there was no love that was ever lost for her, mm-hmm. um, and that her father loved her, uh, you know, absolutely with without without reservation. Um, that we would understand that about you. And that, yeah, there's all kinds of but-fors, what we could have done, what we should have done that we think about. And I pray that you would calm those voices, mm-hmm. um, calm those thoughts, help us take them captive and recognize that you have grace for us. If, if we have mm-hmm. something we need to, to, to confess and repent of, then let us confess and repent of it and let us not hold on to it and make the cross less valuable than it is um, because you've given us freedom from our sin. And I thank you for that, Lord, and I thank you that um, we live in a, in a world where we can look to you and that you've already defeated sin and death and that you've already overcome and that we're overcomers and that we're more than conquerors in you. And I thank you that, that I can substitute your righteousness for my lack of righteousness. Uh, And we just pray that you would let us live in that this week in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for listening to the Acts Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed it, feel free to like and comment on this podcast. It helps us know that you're engaging with the content that we are putting out there. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.